Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, you are back with your Camarda Wealth Education Leaders. Rob, we have a lag in the uh, or or the hiatus in uh, in the coughing fit, or do we need to restart the segment? Uh, nurse, right, Betsy, hands, nurse Betsy both, took care of them. Both hands on the table, Rob. No more self uh, proctology examinations, if you please. At least wait till next. You're break. a proc star. So, uh, getting back to our friend uh, Jason uh, Zwig at the Wall Street Journal's uh, recommendations, as we mentioned earlier before the break. You certainly don't want to panic when you see downdrafts like this. It's the absolute worst time in making an emotional decision without the benefit of context, maybe some discussion with a, uh, um, uh, with, with a uh, competent financial advisor and really looking at what past markets have done. A lot of folks uh, could be, be very easily tempted to make uh, the worst, uh, one of the worst financial decisions of their lives. And again, as we saw, after 08... You know, there are trillions of dollars by some estimates still sitting in cash because people got out, some sold at the bottom, right, Uh, um, the uh, so-called capitulation syndrome, and they never got back in. They were waiting for it to drop further to get it cheaper, and it's tripled since then. You know, and that's a very, very easy trap to fall into, so you certainly don't want to um, do panic uh, in a market downdraft like that. And, and fortunately, I don't think we had any other than that, that one caller that I mentioned in the previous segment uh, that had uh, reacted that way. But also, and this is critical, don't be complacent. And Jason says you use the latest turbulence as a pretext to ask yourself honestly whether you're prepared to handle a much worse decline. Because sooner or later, that probably will happen. Even if the market soars and goes much, much higher, we see a big decline like we saw in 2008. That gets your attention. And all your, you know, your primitive brain, alarm bells go off like you're being fallen off a cliff and, and you, you're, you have a fight or flight kind of uh, uh, the reaction uh, that, the, that you're susceptible to. Um, so you really, I think it's important now, please pay attention to this, folks out there in the investing world. You know, sooner or later, another vicious bear market will come. I don't think it's imminent. Could happen this fall. I don't think it will. Could happen next year. And it'll be a necessary leg up the ladder to the next magnificent bull that's waiting waiting around the corner. But you need to prepare yourself in advance for that sort of volatility because that is endemic. It's baked into uh, the investment game. So you need to appreciate that in advance uh, and, uh, and be able to handle it emotionally. Um, and Jason also goes on to make sure, and this is something you can learn about in our free report, uh, and I'll give you the opportunity to get it a little bit later in the segments, to make sure you're well diversified. Don't have all your money in one type of, uh, of market like U.S. large caps or in one stock or just a handful of stocks because something bad happens, like happened to BP a couple of years ago. All your marbles are rolling down the slope at the same time, and uh, you won't be able to put them back in the bottle to, uh, to mix 
a metaphor. So James said, are you extremely well diversified with plenty of cash, some, uh, some fixed income, with large and small stocks or markets around the world like we typically have in our, our so-called pie chart or asset allocated portfolios? If not, this is a great time to look at that because you really could be exposed in a downdraft to significant declines from which you might never recover because you were concentrated just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, the, uh, but if you are diversified, Jay said, you probably could weather a further decline, as, as, as many, in fact, most of us have. Um, and uh, um, the next uh, uh, thing that he suggests is don't cu- get hung up on talk of a correction. It's just a word. 10%, 12%, bear market 20%. It is just a convenient label that people put on things to communicate. Um, it's not, you know, there really is no big deal except stocks will go down and then they will go up and they'll probably go up higher. And his final point, before we have some discussion, is that don't think that you or anybody else, including us, including even Johnny Hot Stocks, don't think that you know what's going to happen next. Nobody does. All you can do is try to make intelligent predictions and take so-called calculated risks in order to uh, to estimate what's going to happen. But nobody ever knows. If they did, they wouldn't be in this business. They would trade their own account and own many, many islands by now. The only thing you can be fairly sure of is that the louder and more forcefully a market prudent voices his certainty about what is going to happen next, the more likely it is he will turn out to be wrong. Jason, Jason's words, not mine. The, uh, but and I will add a um, uh, another point to Jason's, which I think is critically important. Don't get caught up in the news, and remember that the media's job is to manufacture news, to find things to talk about, to get people to watch or to listen, so they can sell advertising. They're constantly on the hunt for stories to talk about stuff, and the more emotionally impactful. Are we in a correction now? Could it be a bear market? What's going to happen next? Could this be the end of the world? It gets people's attention, so they watch. But don't, you know, kind of take that with a grain of salt. Remember that they are as much entertainers and marketers as they are journalists. And it, it, I don't even watch the news a lot, you know, because it, it, it tends to, you know, to distort your perception of what's going on. Uh, so let's have discussion at Jason's point. So we have plenty of time, and then we'll get into some other matters on this long segment. Son, you look like you're uh, you're I, champing at the microphone. I, Go ahead, I take am, a bite. Take a bite. All righty. Um, no, I just wanted to make a point about um, being concentrated in stocks. I mean, many people have their employee purchase plans. They have um, stocks that they've inher- inherited from grandma or dad, whatever it happens to be. There's an emotional attachment. There's a cost basis issue, or just you know, from work, you've invested in the company. Um, so you you have huge positions in one stock, and you're and you don't want to get rid of them because they're doing great at the moment. And we've made the or point. they're doing bad. We're waiting for it to come back. There's, right. a, there's a million emotional reasons right. to make a bad decision. Um, but just going back to his um, point about um, having diversity, it, it's really great to have one stock that's doing really well, but. Um, it doesn't feel so good when it turns around immediately. Rob, put that tissue news. back in the box. Don't blow your nose <laughs> on the air, please. I don't think he's blowing his nose. You kidding me? He's got a schnoz like Bullwinkle. Sorry, please continue. Nope, I'm done now. <laughs> I wasn't sure that was the then destination. Then go back to the farm. <laughs> back to the farm with you. Uh, Rob or uh, Jonathan, you have any comments on Jason's points? Plus another? Going once. 
Jason's point's going twice. No, don't panic. No, don't panic. I didn't sell anything this week. I sold before. Well, I, I, I thought your point was well taken about the news the news channels, but uh, I really wasn't thinking about it in the context of the market. I was, you know, I remember, you know, the last few days I've been switching back and forth uh, watching things on Fox Business News and CNBC. But the thing is, uh, you know, at night I'm just consumed by other programming that have been talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. Or a few other things. The Trump of Doom. The Trump of I mean, Doom. Fox Business. I'm, and, I'm surprised you got the business And here we play. Here we play Stump the Chump. Go figure. <laughs> but but you're right. You know that is their job to talk about these things. Um, but you know what is the smart money doing? You know what are the Warren Buffets? I mean they're not cashing out. They're making strategic additional acquisitions because there's values out there. Hey, interesting point, though, but that's, you know, and getting back to the, 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 the theme of the show last week, it's become very much a stock picker's market. Make no mistake, U.S. stocks are no bargains now. They're fairly or slightly overvalued, a condition, a condition that can persist for years in a bull market. Just because they're not cheap doesn't mean they won't go much higher. Well, and, and one of your other points, we have somebody I think who's coming in next week, and he happened to, in the past, have a fairly sizable position in one security. Rob, what is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that your brother oh on the bar? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know Boris just... was out there. But, um, <laughs> God, it just makes me hearken to the old days. But, uh, he, you know, we tried to get him to diversify some of his stockholders. Oh, Boris? Uh, yeah, Boris. <laughs> Boris and his uh, friends, and and yet it made me think about him this week because that stock went down significantly. Had he diversified and let us sell some over time, he would have had some additional cash if we hadn't redeployed it that could have gone back in and bought the same security for 15% less than what he was in. But he didn't let us do that. And so, you know, he suffered the price decline, even though it's come back a, few, you know, a little bit the last few days. You know, he missed a good buying opportunity because he didn't diversify that concentrated yeah, position. You've got you to have an emotionally detached, intelligent plan rather than just, you know, making decisions by the seat of your pants because almost always they're wrong. You've got to stick to it. That's why, you know, our portfolios, some of which have done, we're quite proud of, and then just, uh, the, 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 I hate to use the superlative, but, you know, amazingly well. And again, listen to the detailed disclosure on our performance at the end of the program. But they, we have very specific rules that each portfolio is guided by, and we had to make a decision. It's got to all you got to check all the boxes on the checklist. Rather than go, gee whiz, I saw this, I like the stock, let's go ahead and buy it. You know, which is the way a lot of investors and, and unfortunately a lot of professional um, and quoted professional advisors make decisions. But you, by using a methodical, disciplined, well-reasoned process. The odds are, are certainly stacked in your favor, and eventually you should do quite well compared to the seat of your pants approach. And I don't think there's anybody at this table that would disagree, regardless of your investment perspective. If you're a technician and a timing guy like uh, Jonathan still is at, at this stage of his uh, um, the, um, the evolution as an advisor, or if you're a fundamental buy-stuff cheap guy like I am, then I think you are, Rob. No. It doesn't really matter. You need to have a specific methodology to make sure that you do the same thing, you know, each time. Otherwise, it's really a crapshoot. Any other comments on uh, that, Jonathan or uh, Sonia? Um, I think that was well said. Thank you. So let's. Uh, what, 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 what would you? 
we, we were going to record this, right? Because I'd like it to be emailed. I'm going to put it, send it out in my Christmas cards to my family that, you know, that Rob <laughs> said that that was supposed to say. my stomach. Is I know. John, I'm just kind uh, of. It wasn't true if that was that bad uh, oatmeal. Are you about to right. ask him for something? Yeah, just because, you know, guess where I got both hands on the table. Oh, uh, Rob. <laughs> both hands on the table. All right, stay. Don't move, Rob. I'll be right. You robbed no, all of us of what was left yeah, of our innocence. So, just to talk a little bit more about you know the China segment earlier on in the valuation, U.S. stocks, I think, probably are a little bit overvalued. In fact, uh, um, with the recent PCP acquisition, uh, Warren Buffett was lamenting that you know he paid a lot for us. It's getting hard to find cheap stuff. Now, it's a lot easier for us than it is for him because, to use his expression, to move the needle, he's got to buy a lot bigger chunks than we do. So we're a lot more nimble and can find, you know, opportunities that, that we think are very profitable um, that, that wouldn't make a difference to him. Uh, but the U.S. economy is doing quite well. I mean, make no mistake, the economic data continue to improve. Rates will go up here. And despite what may happen in China and a lot of the, uh, um, the wagons that are kind of hitched to that star, um, the raw materials and commodities producers, even Australia and a lot of the emerging markets nations, certainly will suffer as China's um, appetite for raw materials diminishes. Most of the rest of the developed world, Europe, is really looking increasingly better. The United States, uh, Japan um, is, uh, um, is on a trajectory for probably continued expansion. And, and I, I personally think that that will fuel um, increased uh, levels for U.S. And, uh, and developed world stocks for a while. So I'm not, I'm not predicting a bear market anytime soon, uh, but make no mistake, things are expensive now and you need to be deft and very selective in making portfolio decisions as, uh, as we at Camarda uh, like to pride ourselves on having very diligent and uh, well-vetted rules and methodology. But unfortunately, there's not enough time in this show to share the diligence of our methodology. Perhaps next week we can tell you about a portfolio management board and some of the, uh, um, the very exciting uh, disciplines that we've developed. But now it's time, right after the break, for the most exciting the most revered, the most amusing, the most entertaining, um, and probably the most popular, if you listen to Hot Stocks, probably the most popular segment of the show, and that is Cousin Arnold Camarda with Uncle Vito Camarda and the whole cast of amusing characters giving us his somewhat darkened and technical stock market update and prognostications for the coming weeks, and dare I say further out. So without much more ado, stay with us, folks. The best chart of, uh, best char- uh, part of the show is, uh, is about to begin uh, here on Camarda Wealth Education Radio. And before I go, I promised you the opportunity to get a copy of the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor. This will help you to roadmap exactly what sort of stocks and other investments you have, what your costs are. Are they too expensive? Are they concentrated in, in, uh, in dangerous places, as Sonia and Rob intimated? You don't want to miss this, particularly at this point in the markets. And we're happy to give you a free copy. No cost, no obligation. But you do need to call us, 800 262 one zero eight three. Don't wait, folks. It's too important. Call us eight hundred two six two one zero eight three. Rob, do you have to cough? I see a tissue in your hand. Can you wait just a segment? So we segue. <laughs> Go ahead, sign your segue. Hold that sneeze, Rob. We'll be right back. 
Camarda Wealth Leaders' levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share best financial practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision. But when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients' interests first, and that's the promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, call us now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Do it now while it's on your mind, folks. All right, folks, we are back. Are you ready to rock with Johnny Hotstocks Kamada with his up market update with all kinds of characters? I don't know who's going to crawl in the truck next. Johnny, who you got over there? It's me up today. <laughs> Since it's pretty bleak news, my voice pretty much suits the, uh, the mood that's out there. It's pretty dour. So, well, you know, it's been up and down. I mean, obviously, the weakness in China, has, uh, which has been spotlighted really in this newsletter and in the newspapers for months now, uh, certainly is a big catalyst for the recent tumult. Uh, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whenever the heck it was, before everything hit the fan, China, you know, their factory output uh, fell to its lowest level since 2009. You don't hear that too much, but that certainly sent the, uh, the canary, uh, sent that canary into a conniption into the coal mine. Anyway, the concern right now uh, is that the global economy is weak. Now, we have a little divergence because here in the U.S., you look at the most recent GDP numbers for April through June, we're at over 3%. Never thought it would happen this year. So there is a little bit of a delineation, giving a little silver lining, as Jeff mentioned here, at least domestically. But make no mistake, globally there's been issues if you look at the price of copper, etc. Anyway, there's been whispers that uh, this may cause the Fed to tamp the brakes. We'll, we'll see what happens up at... Uh, uh, well, what did happen? I've been sleeping for a couple of weeks, uh, Rob. What happened up in Jackson Hole? Anyway, we won't go there now. There's, anyway, the bottom line take is that I put some aluminum foil on the moose antlers to get that prescience working really good. Come on, moose. I slept right through it. I was watching the Trump replays on Fox News Business. I can't get the business news on that channel for some reason. Anyway, anyway the worrisome detail lately is how mega stocks, you know, they've dropped the hardest, and there is some concern. But we've been talking about this for a while, folks, with the strong dollar. There's certainly a headwind there that could cause a a little bit more uh, downside to otherwise uh, perceived uh, safe stocks. So if you got some of those perceived safe stocks, it makes sense to take a closer look and not assume anything, as we alluded to before, on your diversification. Now, oil's been a proverbial elephant in the room. Now, it bobbed below 40. Now, it's back above 40. Had a nice surge about a week, week and a half ago. We'll see if this is the bottom. Everyone said that in the spring as well, and we see what happened there. Hopefully you didn't buy any Chevron back then. Anyway, it's worth mentioning, though, that there's been a few years since we've had a market freefall. In fact, uh, last August and October, we had a little noise, but really we have to go back to, you guessed it, August of 2011. All right, so the past few years, we've had huge bailouts and QE to treat this patient, and, of course, the camouflage, uh, the issues of the Lehman debacle in 08, and again... It's important to recall that was actually a purposed cough because I didn't know what I was going to say next. I'm pretty old. <laughs> and right. both of his hands are on the table. Absolutely. So now as we look, you know, we're in a, between a rock and a hard place here because really the Fed has very little room to move. 
Rates are already near zero. This is something that comes across when you they have very little maneuverability with very low rates, very few prescriptions uh, left. But when you look at the markets, down corrections, like Jeff mentioned, a 10% officially, uh, and bears are 20%. But these are all healthy for a market cycle. And uh, this has been counterintuitive the last few years because since 2011, we really haven't had a hard hit. So again, it's like a box uh, uh, Mike, uh, yeah, everyone has a plan until they get hit, Godfather. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a threat or not, but you're a little fatter than you used to be. So anyway, this correction has the smell, as Jeff mentioned, of a normal pause. He made me say this, in a multi-year bull run. There we go. So the Fed will be, are you happy now? My IV's still kicking in. I'm feeling pain. The Fed will be convening, obviously, in mid-September. Has a lot of work. I mean, I mean, think about this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's worse than, uh, you know, being a school nurse treating ADD, OCD. The Fed doesn't know which way is up. Uh, kind of like the Joker in Batman. They caught the car, but what do they do with it? The question now is, is will they rate or not? So uh, I, I don't know. What's that old song, Rob? Should she stay or go? Should she go? Rate hike? No, rate hike. Sonia, you look like you're bored with that monologue, so what do you got for me? Well, I'd like you to put the drops in technical prospectus for us. Well, that's a little bit that's beyond my... That's a technical term, a technical prospectus. Yeah. That's a little don't beyond my... Don't too deep, John. That's a little beyond my pay grant, so I'm going to bring in your favorite here, uh, cryogenic Ted Kennedy's in the house, everyone. <laughs> Errol, it's good to be here with all of you this morning. I love these down markets. Anyway, we're not going to get political. When we look at the S&P 500, Errol, we can see that it stopped short of its October 2014 lows, Errol. And that's good news to see a bounce there. How long it'll last, we have to pay more attention. Now, as we look at the Dow Jones on Monday, that submerged actually below, Errol, its October 14 lows. And right now, it has gotten above those levels. We have to watch from here to see if it bounces, and it has, and if it can sustain it, or if we're headed for prolonged downturn error like me. Throw a shovel on me. I'm out. All right. Thank you so much, Teddy. Whoa. You'll have to tune in next week, folks, to find out just how high that ball's going to bounce. Stay with your Kamada Wealth Education Radio leaders. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda's Wealth Education Radio, your one source for sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind, and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leader's warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet, an offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not reflect the opinions of the advertisers or broadcaster. Performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the 
deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which could reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Back testing involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Performance results presented do not represent actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Back-tested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material market or economic conditions or factors that may influence the advisor's decision-making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Back-tested results should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client of the advisor. Barron's rankings are survey-based and not made as a result of primary research by Barron's, but from information provided by ranked advisors. It should not be assumed that all advisor-based data is checked by Barron's.